Well, you know, one of the fun things about being a dad is telling jokes to make your kids moan and groan. And of course, you know, one of the things that I've been doing at the adult Christmas party in recent years is to take those dad jokes and see if I can make you moan and groan. And so I'm looking forward to tonight. It's going to be a lot of fun, at least for me. So Pastor Tony and I have some great jokes uh, in store like, uh, what did the beaver say to the Christmas tree? It's nice gnawing you. You're supposed to moan, not laugh. I don't, I don't like that. What do you get when Santa comes down a chimney where the fire is lit? Crisp Kringle. That's better. That's what I'm after. Thank you so much. How is Christmas just like your job? You do all the work and some fat guy in a suit gets all the credit. Well, enough of that. Uh, di did I mention that I'd like for you to be memorizing John 1.14? And that uh, what I would ideally love for you to do is have some sort of treat, some little gift in your home for everybody. And in the, in the middle of all of the festivities, pause and have everybody quote John 1.14 and then celebrate Jesus for just a moment. So in case you haven't heard those words, let me repeat them for you again. John 1.14 says, The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. So last week we were thinking about that first candle, the Word became flesh, and we focused on the divinity of Christ, the reality of the incarnation, that Jesus is the eternal word who became one of us. Knowing Jesus' identity is essential for our faith. So this morning, we, as we add the second candle, the next part of John 1.14, we're going to be thinking about the fact that, that Jesus made his dwelling among us. Jesus is one of us. He came to experience what it means to be human. And so Jesus knows what it's like to be sad and happy, hungry and satisfied, tired and invigorated. He knows what it's like to experience affirmation from others and to be around people who are so incredibly annoying that you can hardly put up with them. Jesus knows frustration and friendship, abandonment and camaraderie, what it's like to be misunderstood and what it's like to be believed. Jesus knows what it's like to have a family, the good, the bad, and the ugly part of it all. He grew up in his family. He was disciplined by his parents and apparently got into a little mischief. There were times when he was not even sure his family got him. As you read through the Gospels, you see Jesus laugh and cry, eat and drink, run on adrenaline, and get so tired he had to just crash. You might remember that one occasion when he was in the bow of the boat sleeping when everyone else was in a panic because the squall had come up on the Sea of Galilee. 
Um, I, I'm pretty sure Dramamine must have existed back then. That's the only explanation for how Jesus could sleep through that. But in the middle of all of that, you see Jesus experience the ups and the downs of life just the way you and I do. I love Eugene Peterson's rendition of this verse in his excellent paraphrase, The Message. He put it like this. The word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. Uh, Jesus wanted to rub shoulders with us, to be a part of the human experience. And from the cosmic perspective, he indeed did move into the neighborhood. Uh, apparently, Eugene Peterson had a bit of the Mr. Rogers vibe going. So, if you want to imagine Jesus coming into worship and putting on a cardigan and a pair of sneakers, just, just go ahead. Because it's a reminder that Jesus became one of us to relate to us. And by the way, I think you're aware of the fact that Mr. Rogers was a, a committed follower of Jesus. He once said, the only thing evil can't stand is forgiveness. And that's the reason Jesus came into the world. Well, the, the Greek word, the New Testament Greek word for he dwelled in John 1.14 is the same word that's used in the Old Testament for tabernacle. You remember when Moses was on Mount Sinai where he received the Ten Commandments, he was also given instructions to build the tabernacle, this tent church that traveled with the people of Israel wherever their wilderness wanderings took them, and it represented the presence of God. And so if they ever wanted to know whether God was with them, all they had to do was look to the tabernacle. It was a physical reminder of that spiritual reality. And there are some who translate this verse by saying, the word became flesh and tabernacled with us. He came to experience our presence and to make his presence known to us. So let's think for a few minutes this morning about why Jesus would come into the world to become one of us to share the human experience. And as you see in your sermon notes, I have a few things listed there. Here's the first one. He came so we would know what God is like. In the introduction to his first letter, John described with this sense of awe and wonder what it was like to actually live with Jesus while he was here on earth. He started out that letter by saying, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched. This we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared. We have seen it and testified to it. And we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us and our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. You know, John could hardly get over the fact that he was privileged enough to walk and talk and for those three years live with Jesus. 
And he, he never stopped being amazed. He did not do his writing until about 50 or 60 years later. And he was still amazed at the reality that he had a chance to walk and talk and have fellowship and watch God in human flesh. And so he wants us to know that it's in Jesus that we discover the true character of God. That, that the reason Jesus came is to show us what God is like. And you can boil that character down to one word. Love. John said it in many ways. And of course in his gospel he famously wrote what's come to be known as the gospel in a nutshell. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. In 1 John, his first letter, he described the love like this. He wrote, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God, and everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. And this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. When John saw Jesus in human flesh, when he saw God incarnate, the one thing he couldn't get over is the fact that God loves us. You know, at, at Christmas, we actually celebrate the nickname that Isaiah gave to Jesus. You know, I love looking at nicknames in the Bible. Uh, so, you know, Abram becomes Abraham and, and uh, Jacob becomes Israel and, and, and Saul becomes Paul and, and Simon becomes Peter. Did you know Jesus was given a nickname too? Isaiah gave him the nickname Emmanuel, which simply means God with us. He came to show us what God is like. And when the angel was challenging Joseph to believe that what had happened in Mary was indeed a supernatural conception, he referred to Isaiah's nickname for Jesus. This is what the angel said to Joseph in Matthew chapter 1. An angel appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She'll give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. So why did Jesus become one of us? 
first and foremost, so that we would know what God is like. But he also became one of us so he could fully experience what we are like. As you know, there's a difference between sympathy and empathy. Sympathy is what I give to people when I haven't experienced what they have walked through. Empathy is what happens when you know because you've already been there and done that. Jesus can be truly empathetic because he knows what it's like to be human. Pastor Ray Altman, for whom the Altman Room in the Christian Life Center is named, said to me when I was a young pastor something I'll, I'll never forget. Just out of the blue one day, he said, Paul, you're doing a pretty good job. Shrugged my shoulders and said thanks. And then he continued, he said, you'll be a much better pastor after you've lost a close loved one. Kind of rocked me back on my heels a little bit. But he was telling me that empathy changes our perspective. And, and, and because Jesus shared the human experience, he can be empathetic with us. Referring to Jesus, the author of Hebrews wrote this, we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who's been tempted in every way just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Jesus became human to show us what God is like so he could experience what we are like. But most of all, Jesus became human to give his life as a sacrifice for sin. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And, and the Apostle Paul referred to Jesus as the second Adam. You know, just as Adam in the book of Genesis was created, he was brought into this world supernaturally without sin. So in 1 Corinthians 15, 22, it says that as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. And the apostle explains that further in Romans chapter 5. He says, for if by the trespasses of one man, death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? Consequently, just as the trespass resulted in condemnation for all people, so also the righteous act resulted in justification and life for all people. For just as through the disobedience of the one man many were made sinners, so through the obedience of the one man many will be made righteous. Uh, the Bible teaches clearly that Jesus came into this world as a human being to give us a redo at building a relationship with God. 
What Adam failed at, Adam failed because he could not live without sin. Jesus accomplished. And that makes him the perfect sacrifice as he pays the price for sin on the cross of Calvary and offers us the gift of forgiveness as a result. So we've been building quite a list here. Jesus came into this world so we would know what God is like. He came into this world and dwelled among us so that he would know what we are like. Ultimately, he came to fulfill God's plan so that he could offer himself as a sacrifice to pay the price for our sin. Let me add one more thing to the list. Jesus came to represent us to God the Father. 1 Timothy 2.5 says, There is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man, Jesus Christ. Uh, you, you know what it's like to plead the case for somebody because you've already walked in their shoes. You know what it's like to ask for grace for somebody because you've already been there and done that. You know, the Bible says that's the way Jesus is for us because he is one of us. He actually pleads your case in heaven. He is a, a mediator who says, I, I know what they're thinking. I know how they're feeling. I know what it's like. And because he's participated in the human experience, he is uniquely suited, for lack of a better description, to plead your case before God the Father. So regarding what it means to be human, Jesus has literally been there, done that. He is one of us. Do you remember his favorite way of referring to himself? Jesus had this... Uh, this annoying knack of speaking in third person quite a bit. And when he referred to himself, he most often called him himself not the Son of God, not the Messiah. His favorite term for himself was the Son of Man. He wanted everybody to know that he is one of us. I, I'm loving the current television campaign about Jesus done by the Servant Foundation. Uh, it's been going on for a little over a year now. Uh, maybe you're familiar with it. Uh, each commercial ends with the same tagline. He gets us. You know, we think of God way up in heaven, far removed from human experience. A God often we see as peering over our shoulders waiting for us to do something wrong so he can catch us in the act. When in reality, we serve a different kind of God. We serve a God who became one of us, one who, who moved into the neighborhood. So this Christmas, as you celebrate the incarnation, the fact that Jesus is God, don't forget he is also one of us. Remember his humanity. He gets us because he's one of us. And you know the best news? That means he's on your team. 
And I, I love that, that image, that reminder. Isn't it good to know that the Lord is on your team? That he is rooting for you to win? And you know why? It's because he can't wait to share eternity with you. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Jesus moved into the neighborhood. He became one of us so that we could truly know what God is like. So he could know what we are like. So he could offer his life as a sacrifice for sin and ultimately plead your case and mine in the halls of heaven. Isn't that amazing? Let's pray together. Father, as we continue through this Christmas season, as we remember who you are and, and what you have done for us, as we think in terms of this amazing verse, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you'll help us to be like the Apostle John, that in some sense we'll just stand in awe of the reality that the God of the universe would choose to become one of us. How amazing. We love you, Jesus. We are so thankful for your willingness to come to live as a human being and to give yourself as a sacrifice for us. As we celebrate all of those realities this Christmas season, I pray that you'll give us a deeper and more profound appreciation for who you are and for what you've done. And we go now in Jesus' name. Amen. Galleon Grace Point podcast. My voice is not, though. As you can hear, I'm still getting through it, but uh, luckily this is going to be, uh, well, I shouldn't say luckily, but this is going to be the, the last episode of the year until after the new year. So next time you hear me, my voice should sound a lot better than this. At least I hope. Um, it's, it's getting better a little bit at a time, but uh, we are just past the second Sunday in Advent. Um, 
we're uh, recording this on a Wednesday night. Just got done with Bible study, so um, you know, a lot spinning in my head. If I'm going to be honest, I just got done. Uh, you know, we got the the first Sunday in Advent, and then you've got Revelation, two way different things to be talking about in a three to, in a three day span. So um, um, I'm going to introduce my guest here um, before. Actually, not before. I, I'll get your uh, your input on the sermon before I ask you this surprise question. So okay. um, I've got Amanda Riggle on here with me this week. I teased it last week saying I've got the woman that exudes Christmas spirit. So uh, as our last episode before Christmas and before you guys hear the uh, Christmas uh, program from the kids tonight, welcome Amanda. Thank you so much for having <laughs> me. I'm happy to be here. Well, I appreciate it. We're happy to have you. <laughs> so um, before I ask you the surprise question, I want to know if there was anything from your dad's sermon this week that really stuck out to you or that you thought you wanted to kind of expand on a little bit more. Yeah, I think just the point that really stuck out to me about this week's sermon was um, the sympathy and empathy point that my dad had made. Mm -hmm. The fact that... Um, God can sympathize with us, but Jesus can empathize with us because he came down and had the human experience yeah. and he intercedes for us in front of God because yeah. he He knows what we're feeling and that it's not as easy as it may look. And so that just stuck out to me because I think oftentimes we do get in our brains that God's kind of out to get us. Yeah. And God is there kind of as our champion on our team. Yeah. And having that outlook in life that he is for us and that he's fighting with us is huge. Yeah. Well, and I think that's a good point. You know, he, he was God in a human form. And so he knows what it's like to be human. And I, I was listening to, uh, I was listening to a podcast today and just kind of had a lot in my mind. And, uh, they were talking about a, a, a verse from Corinthians where, you know, the famous, uh, love is patient, love is kind, but, uh, Love doesn't keep a list of all the things you've done wrong, and I th it, it was a uh, it's a men's podcast that I listened to, and he was kind of it was kind of a Q and A thing, and he was talking about you know it's easy to fall into a rut uh, in a marriage or as a parent or anything where you're like, all right, I've done this today, I've done the laundry, I've done this, I've done that. What have you done? And it's it's easy to fall into a rut like that, but uh, <laughs> that's that's why we have a forgiving Lord. We had one that stepped foot on this earth and was human. And to know that he walked with us as us at one point is it's really a crazy thought when you you really think about it. Right. Uh, well, and came down so we would know what God was like. Right. That was another point in my dad's sermon. And he was the ultimate servant leader. Yeah. So as a dad or a mom in a home, isn't that what we should be striving to as well, right? We should be that servant leader that isn't keeping the list of what have you done for me lately, right. but listing all of the things that we can do for the people whom we love and who are living with us. So we are setting that example in hopes, right? That our husbands and our wives and our kids follow our example and become that servant leader for other people in their lives. Yeah, I Honestly, couldn't agree more. I, I think that was the point, honestly, that stuck out to me the most from that is, and I was kind of saying this on the past couple podcasts is like, you know, or I shouldn't, it wasn't uh, on the podcast. I was on the phone with Nate earlier, actually. And I was kind of talking about uh, how next season is going to be more kind of a Bible study type mm -hmm. podcast. And 
I was like, you know, it seems like each week there's like a line or two that your dad says that, you know, really stick out to me or feels like it's speaking right to you. And I'm like, I think what I'm going to do is when you take when we take the summer off, I'm going to just kind of kind of clip those little things and be able to just kind of do like a paraphrase thing from the entire summer. But that one specifically, you know, just things that uh, I've been going through in my own life and you know, everybody has them. I, I think that's the biggest way to put it is we can catch ourselves in that so many times. Just, man, I've done this. I've done that. Uh, you haven't done this. You haven't done that. And it's like, that's that's not what love is. That's not what we were intended to do. And when you have someone like your dad or when you're just reading the Bible, period, put it in perspective like that. It just it, it totally cleanses you like um, the today I just I kind of had a lot on my mind when I heard that and it instantly felt like I was dunked in a, a tub of cold water and was just like all right I'm good yeah I'm good. shock to your system that's, like wake back up that's what's, what I needed yeah. to hear today what's the main goal what yep. keep the main thing the main thing exactly right? there yeah. it is. Yes. like <laughs> just when our focus is where it's supposed to be everything else our priorities line right yep. up right but yeah. it's so easy for things to get out of whack when there are so many things distracting us when it feels like our to-do list is a mile long right yeah everything can get off kilter so easy oh yeah so easy and that's it's kind of been a topic not only in the podcast and in the sermons at church but even tonight at bible study just you just said it there like distractions there's so many things right now and we were we were kind of talking about persecution tonight and um, there was a lot of discussion going on, you know, talking about actual persecution on Christians. Like we live in America to where we're for the most part, people aren't being terminated and uh, killed for their Christianity. But in a different sense, we, I was, I wanted to speak up, but I, I couldn't think of the words that I wanted to say to where, we're not actually being persecuted, but we are being kind of, I don't even know that discriminated is the right Maligned? term. Yes. I think that, I think that would be a good way to do it. Like there's, there's so many things being thrown at us that are, in my opinion, that we are supposed to accept as the social norm that, um, I think that more people are finding Christ now, um, specifically i've noticed a lot of people in the younger age coming to god now because they're searching for something right like they they are on college campuses they're looking for things unfortunately lots of times some of them find the wrong thing before they find the right thing yes right but in this day and age some advice i give to my kids is be weird yeah and not and not that in a bad sense but I don't want you doing what you have to do to, to fit in, to fit in yeah. right for you, for what you think you need to do to be popular. Yeah. I want you being the kid that stands out because oh, that's, yeah. that's who God made you to be. Right. He for made sure. you to stand out for him and to be different than the world around you yeah. by setting an example and loving people well. Right. Yeah. So that's, I think just what you're talking about too. And unfortunately, sometimes people point to that as Christians and say, well, you're, you don't accept so-and-so or you don't like, you know, whatever. Right. You can pick it at this point. So (laughs) there are so many different topics that right now in our society, but, um, it's, it's important that we are teaching our kids that there is an absolute truth. Right. Yes. In a world where people are saying that they can choose what their truth is. And so I think that is huge. Yes, absolutely. It is. And, 
a couple of uh, episodes, and I know I've touched on it for a, a couple past that, is I was talking about uh, after the baptism uh, service, like Grady was an example I used, like he was wearing that shirt that said, I am a Christian. And uh, I just thought like, that is so cool to see he's in eighth grade. Like I remember being an eighth grader and I wouldn't have had that strength. Like I, I just, I'm super like, I, I know you're proud as a mother, but as a guy, as an outsider, like I'm proud of the kid that I've seen just in the past couple of years. And like th- his testimony on there, like when he gave his life to the Lord and he wants to be a shining light. Like it was it's so super brave because I, like I said, I remember being in eighth grade and I, I can honestly tell you, I wouldn't have had that strength. Well, and, like, and think of now, like it's so much harder. I feel like to be an eighth grader oh my goodness. today than it was when we were in eighth grade. Yeah. Right. And mm-hmm. so even to wear a shirt like that, to put yourself out there, yeah. you're, you know, you, you could be begging for something that you're not even knowing is headed your way. Right. right? Yeah. But, um, that Grady in particular with that shirt, that's a hand-me-down from his uncle, and I am so very thankful that he kind of led by example there. Yeah. Same thing, you know, and that gave Grady the confidence and gumption to be able to do the same, right? Uh, so yeah. it, it's just, it is, it's really cool. No, and, and exactly what you said, there's, uh, I, I feel like I'm constantly men- mentioning other podcasts, but uh, I listen to this one called Family Goals, which is uh, David Pollock and his pastor, uh, Pastor Jay is what they call him, and he was kind of talking about his kids. He's like, listen, he's like, this sounds weird, but I don't want my kids to be popular. No, (laughs) absolutely. Yeah. And he was like, now don't, don't, don't take this the wrong way. Like I want my kids to have friends, but I want them to have the right friends. I don't want them to just, I need to fit in. So I'm going to do whatever it said, whatever I'm supposed to do, whatever the social norm is. Like I want them to be different. And like, I feel that trust me. I mean, my my son is a unique kid. Yes. <laughs> he, uh, I, I've told him time and time again, I'm like, listen, I, kn- I know what you hear on the bus. I know what you hear from this area over here. I'm like, you don't do that. You tell them what is right and what is wrong. And he's go- he's going to succeed in some things. He's going to fail in things. Like, Absolutely. But it's it's I've, I've noticed a, a tremendous difference from where we were before we started being active in our faith with him here mm-hmm. and uh I mean I got to I got to give you a ton of credit for that too because with being with the children's ministries like Thanks. it's it's been a it's been a super cool experience but uh like uh, even to Zach when they fail cuz they're going to right right yeah we want church to be a place where they come exactly right? yeah. where there are people here that they can come to yep and encourage them and remind them that failure is not fatal like exactly yeah. there there is grace and there's mercy and there's all of those things and there's a path back to wonderful right well, like well, of course yeah, yeah. And, and, and back to the revelation thing like tonight we're, we're we're talking about it and you know he when when the devil is putting so many bad things in your life like just tremendous things that are being thrown at you and making you feel like you're not good enough to make it to heaven I there's a rut people can fall into where they're like well I've done this I, I've done this I've done that like there's no way I can be forgiven there's no way I can be saved and that is an an incredibly easy rut to fall in you see it right. all the time like there's been plenty of people I've talked to that are just like eh, you know I'm, I'm not gonna go to church no one's gonna save me like yeah. it's it's 
it, it can this happen, is how, this, <laughs> is, this is how it is. This is how it's always going to be. Yeah, That's exactly. just the way it is, yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah. And Satan wants us hopeless and helpless. Right. right? Yes. That's where he would love us to stay. And when we have some apathy about it, even better, because we just stay right where we are and he's got us. Yes. Right. Yep. That's the opposite of what Jesus wants us free and forgiven. And yep. when we can sink into that rut, right? Yeah. Although it may be hard. Yeah. Life looks completely different. Well, and it's like I said, it's tremendously easy to stay in that rut, especially when you're surrounding yourself with the things that are going to keep you in that rut, yeah. whether it be in the 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 muddy waters of alcohol and drugs and addiction, or whether it be, you know, uh, there's a multitude of different things, whether it's just the things you're surrounding yourself on social media, television, like you can kind of get swept up in that. You know, I, I think to a lot of people, and this is on a much lighter note, but like he, he, when you listen to K-Love in the mornings, they talk about the 30-day the K-Love challenge. Right. And I can sit there without a doubt and tell you that works. Yeah. Like I, I used to listen to this radio show every morning that pretty much was, was constantly slapping in the face everything I believe in, whether it was religion, pol- politics, anything. And then eventually I was like, what am I doing listening to this? And and I've said it on this podcast, and I know it sounds terrible. I used to despise worship music. Like, I would not listen to it. I, I couldn't stand it. Yeah. And now it's all I can, all I want to listen yeah. to. Like, it, their tagline, positive and encouraging. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what I want to start my day with. Right. Like, so when you're, you're surrounding yourself with things that are going to bring you down, like, you know, a drug or an alcohol, that's a downer. Like, right. it's, it's in yeah, its name, absolutely. you know. And when you're watching television shows that are filled with, very evil things that's going to keep you down. So when you start putting more positive things in your life and focusing on the right things and just putting it all up to the Lord, like even if you like just on your drive into work, have that private time when you're driving with your prayers, like that's where most of mine get done. I mean, that and like I told you uh, earlier, it's not my night to lay Emery down, but that's what I'm doing when I'm laying beside her being quiet is all right, prayer time. Yeah. Get this done now. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And even, you know, like our mindset has so much to do with our attitude and how our day goes. And I mean, just being able to say things to yourself and the soundtracks that you're playing over and over in your head. Same thing with music and what Mm -hmm. we watch. And you get things stuck in your head whether you realize it or not right and when those things start playing over and over again you have to be careful and you have to kind of check yourself like is this something that i want playing something i want repeating yeah Yeah. absolutely and even grady was getting into like listening to music all clean all christian but like more heavy material like topics and you know you know just kind of depressing for me and and he's like, I like it and it's clean. I'm like, I understand it's clean, buddy, but do you feel better? Yeah, when that, yeah, like how do you feel when yeah. you're done? And he was like, Yeah, yeah, I guess I guess you're right. And yeah. so but if you're not checking and if you don't know and you don't have somebody Especially, else yeah, talking age yeah, too, speaking like, life into you, yeah, right? Like yeah. so many kids just are trying to figure it out on yeah. their own, right? Yeah. Like and if if they could just have somebody speaking truth and life into them how differently their outlook on oh, life would be it, right absolutely. like it's just crazy you know, it, it, like you said it's clean and it is what it is but uh there can be a lot of topics you don't want to hear about i mean there's been christian songs i hear about that you know talk about abortion for instance right. and it's like you know it's not really what i want to listen to when i'm uh, starting my day yeah. you know what i mean but yeah. uh, like jordan Feliz, the 
uh, what's it called? The King is Alive, like that one. You put that on in the morning and you're going to be in a great mood. Absolutely. <laughs> like that one's going to get you going. But uh, I, I uh, to get off that, uh, I got to I got to ask you the surprise question. because oh, uh, I can't wait. Well, the reason that God brought up is we were talking about persecution and someone brought up something that happened a long time ago and it kind of got a chuckle. And then someone said, well, I haven't heard this story. So your dad said that probably about 20, 25 years ago, he had this like persecution reenactment and like had the police come. And he said, you guys were real young and you knew it was an act, but he still found you guys like hiding in the bathtub. So what describe that to me that had to be crazy (laughs) yeah so um I honestly don't even know if I remember completely all about this I I mean I have faint memories but my dad on numerous occasions I mean on one occasion he brought my brother up to spank him in front of the whole (laughs) congregation so this isn't like out of the realm of possibility at all he, he did say not to interrupt but he did go he goes you know, 20, 25 years ago, I thought I had this great idea. So. Yeah. So, but l- let's see, 20, 25 years, 25 years ago, I was like 10-ish, 12-ish. And yeah, Zach, I honestly don't even know if I remember this. <laughs> okay. <coughs> Not a problem. I just, he was bringing it up and he was like, my kids knew that it was a, it was an act and that it was so scary. He said like he had people from the police department. Uh, the the lady was saying like they were down in the basement or something and that they did this whole persecution uh, kind of reenactment thing and that you guys like went and hid in the bathtub. Oh, my word. I do remember okay, this. There we go. Okay. It's, it's, no, I do remember okay, this. Okay. Yeah. And um, we were supposed to be like hiding out okay. as Christians. Okay. And there were people he sent to the house and they were like banging on the doors. We knew it was totally fake, but right. my, oh, I, I remember this okay. now. <laughs> my word, this, you brought up like repressed, memories. Yeah, yeah, repressed yeah, memories. Exactly. I must have tucked it way back there. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it was this whole persecuted church thing. And we were like running from one house to another. Like okay. it was a big deal. Okay. My word, Zach, I did not remember that <laughs> at all. Well, that's why I, I, I thought it was kind of crazy because I, I can't and it was it, we were like all part of like an underground church and we were trying to have church real secretively uh, that and must have been what the basement was you yes, were probably down yes. in the basement doing okay yeah there. that's where we were doing church and wow that's crazy <laughs> talk about a blast from the past no kidding yeah my dad has had some really zingers <laughs> oh, some ideas yeah. awesome i can't wait to uh, eventually oh get goodness. more of those uh well i guess that kind of shoehorns us right into uh my next question is, you know, kind of tell me uh, about your upbringing, you know, your early life and uh, growing up here in the church. And then uh, we'll kind of go on from there. All right. Well, um, I, like you said, am the pastor's daughter. He's my dad. So he's been here for over 40 years mm-hmm. and um, I have been here my whole life. So I was lucky enough to um, have an awesome church family growing up. Uh, I went Went to Galleon, graduated from there. Never thought that would be possible being a pastor's kid. They yeah. got moved around a lot. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and um, my grandparents always reminded my dad frequently of how lucky they were. They yeah. moved, I think, 14 times. Oh, um, and my dad was only at a couple of those. They moved before and after he was born. But um, 
that was always our fear every May when it rolled around and there was a committee planning, you know, they decided where everybody was going to go right, and we yeah. kind of held our breath every year. Yeah. So um, the fact that we were able to stay in the same hometown and really just grow relationship. Have a real home and a real yeah, community. Yeah, and community. Yeah. 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 And, you know, I, I was able to keep friends my entire life. Yeah which is unheard of for a lot of different yeah. families, um, but especially for a pastor's family. So after I graduated from high school, I went to Spring Arbor University up in Michigan. Okay. And um, I majored in elementary education in Spanish. Mm-hmm. And um, my high school boyfriend followed me up to Spring Arbor after my freshman year and just so happened that he turned out to be my husband. So Josh and I got married after both of us graduated from Spring Arbor. Okay. Um, and he with an elementary ed degree and me as well. And, um, then we moved back to Galleon because this is where both of our folks were at the time. And he had been away from home and wanted to settle back here. So, um, try to build some relationships that were, um, a little disjointed. So um, that was good. And we ended up uh, settling down, finding teaching jobs, having yeah, so kiddos. You were at Northmore, right? Yeah. He's, yep. He's so Galleon. we, when we graduated, there were, it was the complete opposite of what it is now. Okay. So there were no teaching jobs anywhere. Oh, okay. So we both subbed for a couple of years. Yeah. yeah. Okay. After we graduated and um, ended up having Grady a f- couple years after we got married. And then it was, we had Grady, we got teaching jobs, we were pretty settled. And then we had, you know, four more kids <laughs> 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 pretty, pretty rapidly in succession. So we had um, five kids in six years. Yeah. That's so, a- you know, it changes <laughs> life in a hurry. Yeah, you think? <laughs> and um, Josh continued teaching. And after our twins came along, we had Grady, Lainey, Jacob, and then Evie and Maggie. Um, it was more to have somebody else take care of them during the day and pay right. for childcare than it was for me just to stay home. To stay home. Yeah. So that's what I ended up doing. And um, after a year at home, I decided I was just going to stay home. And I resigned from my teaching position and I have not gone back. And so as I was home with my um, youngest kiddos, an opportunity came around that the children's ministries director job came open here at church and it was part time and it was kind of the perfect segue for me to get back into teaching and doing life with kids. And I am still kind of trying to decide what that education degree even means because teaching is not what it was when I got into it. And it, and what I love best about teaching is really what I get to do here. I get to tell kids about Jesus. I get to, pour into families. I get to still teach lessons and love on kids um, without the burdensomeness of all of the assessing and regulations of what school has become. So that's kind of get the added benefit of like, you know, they start, you know, as you know, Emery's in the toddler room, but you know, in a year she'll be in there and then you've got her all the way up until sixth grade or fifth grade. And then you're still watching them grow up through youth group. So instead of just being in charge of like third grade, you kind of get to have like this whole life watching these kids grow up you know? absolutely and not from afar not from like oh i had that kid at one point like, right you're actively seeing them yeah. every sunday yeah it's pretty cool and it's so great too just to be able to get to know the families in a different way you know you're able to speak um advice and love and even walk through some really difficult things with families yeah. 
and help and, them and help point to, help point them back to Jesus, right? Because right. in school, what I want to do so badly right. is just to tell them how much Jesus loves them, yes. right? Like, yeah. and help these families understand that, like, the thing that they're missing, right? right exactly. What, what that, that thing that their kiddos need so badly. Yeah. You know, but in but in a public school, that's there's a a big uh, (laughs) there's a there's a big line right there of what you're allowed to do and what you're not. And and if kiddos don't bring it up, it's a no a no go. Exactly, you you just can't touch it. Exactly. So, but I am subbing now on top of working here part time since all of our kiddos are in school. So that also scratches a little itch for me, and it's the best parts of teaching because yeah. I get to just walk in and I get to love on kids. Yeah. And if I don't get to something, doesn't matter. It is what it is. <laughs> yeah. No I lesson plan. Right. And <laughs> you know, teachers don't leave me anything that's vitally important anyway. Right. So I just get to you know check in on kids and be the fun one. Yeah when their teachers have to you know do all the disciplining so right, yeah. that's also great you just got to leave the note like all right that's right so and so didn't listen he, he, was, he was a real pain today <laughs> that's so right. you deal with it absolutely <laughs> so uh what what year do you did you say it was when you took over the children's ministries down here I'm fairly certain it was in 2018 okay so shortly before covid yes okay so yeah Yep. So I'd kind of talked to Kim last week. I mean, I've got a, a couple questions about the children, the children's ministries thing, but um, we weren't attending here at that point. Um, so she kind of described what, you know, the worship team was doing during that time during COVID. How did that work with the children's ministries? Yeah. So um, our the program that we use is called Orange, and okay. they actually did an amazing job um, at instilling a virtual experience for families so we were able to release videos every week that they had given us and it had the bible story that we typically did and they they had worship songs and lots of similar things and exact things that we did down there just in a different format yeah along with parent guides that parents could do along with their kids as like mini lessons and we actually post all of those still on our website so if there's ever a week that parents can't come Come, with their kids they're still able to get the lesson and work on the virtues that we're working on for the month at home awesome yeah i I was just glad to hear that like there was still something that you could do at that time because uh at at that time we were still um attending a, a catholic church and we were going to service um in the gym, the uh, the convocation center in Crestline, right. and you know, evenly spaced chairs out. I couldn't even like be this far from where you and I are sitting, which is, I guess that doesn't, uh, this isn't visual, but uh, like five feet. Like I'm here, my wife is way over there. It was just kind of a kind of a weird experience, especially at a time where I feel like a lot of people needed that. And so I'm good. I'm glad to hear that 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 happened. But um, back to the children's ministry. So growing up here your whole life and you know someone else was in the position you are in now what um what has kind of the evolution of the children's ministries been for you like um what are the the strides and the differences you've seen from when you were the age of the kids that you're teaching now to where you are now. Yeah. So um, I had some amazing ladies who loved me well. And I think that's the thing that has not changed, that there have always been those people who make it their ministry to just pour into kids and love them and invest in them to make sure that they understand 
that above all else, Jesus loves them right. and that he made them for a purpose. Yep. Right. And so um, Pearl Graff was one of those saints. Um, Patty Swain, who still attends here. Um, Marsha Hall was another one. And they it was more programming. Like my dad had talked in that original podcast, right, where every week we came and did the same thing. And we yeah. had junior church and we had Sunday school and we had Wednesday nights and Sunday nights. And I mean, it used to be that you were at church you know, four or five times a week when I was growing up, you know? And so, um, when I first was young, there was more, way more adult stuff than there was for kids. So Mm -hmm. they'd have prayer Sundays, prayer meetings on Sunday evenings. And I would come and sit in the back in the pew with my mom and she would try to entertain four children (laughs) and keep us quiet while all the adults were doing their thing. Right. (laughs) Absolutely. So we learned how to play tic-tac-toe very young and we were just lots of snacks. Absolutely. (laughs) And you know, it's just something you did. It it was part of life for us. It looking back was normal. Right. right? But, um, they always did a great job. They used to have something called CLC where you would earn pins and, okay. you know, like it was just, you were working almost like Boy Scouts, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Earning badges and doing certain Bigger things. Purpose, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and it was just the main goal was to give your life to Jesus, which is, I think, the most important thing we can be striving for. So it, but it all poured into a big conference too. So like the whole state of Ohio had kids that were all working towards the same thing and during the summer we'd all get together and we'd all get to do church camp together and we all it it, that is what I think I miss most about it just because you were able to network and connect with people on a much larger scale right then we're able to because it's our church right now and I think that's one of the things that is my dad's biggest regret is that when our our conferences church camp dissolved that we didn't connect to another conference's church camp because it is huge for connecting families and just feeling grounded yeah. in traditions and just being part of that larger community, right? right? Yeah. Knowing that you're not alone. Yeah, absolutely. But also to an extent, probably at that point, I mean, I, I'm, I don't know this for a fact, but the church family here was probably smaller as far as um, not as many families, like with younger kids, like your dad had kind of said when he first took over, he said, you know, he had an unpeer thought, like I'm going to do a lot of funerals, right. yeah. like, a lot of, a, an older culture. And, yeah. you know, like you said, the, the things that were going on at that time. So although you kind of, you kind of missed that part, this church family has grown. I mean, even in the short time that my family has been right. here, just the, the way I've seen it grow is incredible. It's, it's insane. But. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we were probably just past that tipping point of critical mass when the camp dissolved. Okay. And so like, I think it was one of those things where if we could have gotten tied in, it would have helped. It would have been one more thing. Like we had transitioned to like the soccer mom target. Yeah. You know, it would have helped us have something else for those families right. to do together. Okay. So, um, but I would say from the time I started to now, we are way more event-based, right? right? Oh, yeah, so sure. yeah. just finding events that we can put on for families to come and do together yeah. as a whole group yeah. and create that rhythm for them that they can be talking about 
Jesus in their life all the time, right? When they go, oh, yeah. when they wake up in the morning, when they're traveling in the car, when they're sitting at dinner, you know, all of those things that just becomes part of their routine and their habit. Because well, the and more their memory we, too, yeah. like they're gonna have those memories when they're older. Like I, uh, for instance, I mentioned it last week, but Kahoot when we do family right. series, like we'll still talk about that. Brantley and I like the, those fun things the kids are gonna remember when they're our age and going to have that fond memory yeah. of being at church, you know, playing those games, doing the family series. But you also have to be talking about those memories, yes, right? Yeah, because true. for them to be able to remember them, just like that persecuted church thing, yeah. like it took me a, a hot minute to remember it because it hasn't been something that we've it's been brought up. Right. Yeah, you yeah. have to be able to be talking about those memories for them to be something that sticks or continually right? doing the, the things too. And you know? as parents, we have to be the one doing it because we only have them for Short maybe, maybe here at church, 52 hours yeah. out of the year, yeah. right? Like yeah. if we're lucky, right. if, yeah. and that's if you're attending every, every Sunday, Sunday, which yeah. anymore people, if they attend one Sunday a month, yeah. consider themselves regular attenders, right? Yeah. right? Yeah. So parents have so many more hours with their kids than we do. So if we're not also equipping the parents yeah. to be able to have in those conversations and right bringing up those memories yeah, right pointing absolutely. them back to yeah. what's most important we miss out on a key piece of getting faith built into kids lives oh yeah that's that is really really true i i i, I can't even add any more to what yeah. you said like yeah. that is our biggest goal as a parent especially when you are a member of a church to continually bring that into your home and not just make it um I can't remember if it was your dad or where I heard it from, but, you know, most kids only pray where? At the dinner table. Mm -hmm. And so making it something that's done throughout the day and not just this is our routine at the dinner table. Right. Continually praying and talking about those things throughout the yeah. day. Um, just funny things that, you know, Brantley has said, uh, just like I said, in the short time that we've been here, that wouldn't have been conversations beforehand. And I know part of it's growing up too, but just, you know, with my grandmother passing away, just all the questions about heaven, because that's really the first time that he has had someone close to him pass away. So he had never really thought like right. that in depth because he's like, I don't know anybody that's there or right. that on a one-on-one -on -one basis yeah. that's been there. So just all the questions, um, <laughs> this is, this, it's kind of a, a, it's not a dark comment, but like, it's just, it's funny because of a kid's mindset. But, uh, so my grandma passed away a couple weeks ago. My grandma loved cats. There was a dead cat at the end of our driveway the other day. And Brantley's like, well, grandma's got a cat in heaven now. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm, okay. Yep. That, that, that works out. Perfect. Yep. Oh, you got buddy. it, buddy. <laughs> I know. I'm like, Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That, that, that does it. <laughs> we needed something abstract to be concrete, right? Yeah, and that <laughs> that was the connection, the only connection we could make. Yeah. yeah. He was like, all right, all right, all right, cool, bud. Yep. Let's move on now. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, Rochelle, go get the cat. Move it. Get it out of the driveway. <laughs> uh, yeah. It was just, he cracks me up all the time. He is <laughs> one of a kind. But uh, <clears throat> so to move on from that, um, you know, you can obviously, you're a pastor's daughter. So, we kind of talked, you know, necessarily like with Grady's age, you know, how difficult it can be at that age. So was there anything like that when you were growing up as a pastor's daughter where you either felt the pressure or if you felt that pressure, were you able to just overcome that and, you know, 
proclaim your love for Jesus? Yeah. So, um, I, I wouldn't say that I felt a whole lot of pressure from my peers. Mm-hmm. I, I was very comfortable and I attribute that completely to my parents. Right. We were very open and honest. We had lots of conversations. Mm-hmm. We delved into hard topics. And if we ever had a question, they just answered it. You know, they never yeah. tried to tiptoe around it or um, now they didn't tell us anything we didn't need to know at that particular moment. <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, they did it very delicately, but they didn't hide anything from us. So mm-hmm. I was never embarrassed of my faith. And yeah. I, and my dad always tried to make us feel very confident in the fact that nobody should make you feel any less than who God made you to be right. or any less important because of what you believe. And yeah. so there was one situation um, when I was in middle school and um, I actually had three pastor's daughter in the same class as me. Okay. And a topic got brought up in social studies class and We started talking about God and our social studies teacher quieted us down and was like, you can't talk about that here. And all three of us were like, yeah, we can. (laughs) Uh, We know we can. Our, our dads have told us we can, you know? And, um, he really kind of came back at us and was like, you guys need to be quiet. We're not going to talk about that here. And so all three of us kind of stood our grounds and our dads got called in, which, you know, worked out fine for us. Yeah, I was going to say. And, um, but, I mean, he reiterated that fact to all three of us after we were leaving that day when we kind of, he, I mean, my teacher thought we were going to get read the riot act. Um, just how proud he was of us for the fact that we were oh, able to stand yeah. up and, you know, like stand up for our faith. Yeah. Because oftentimes, especially kids, are kind of just told to follow and sit down and be quiet. And I think more than ever, we need to be teaching our kids to do it responsibly and respectfully, but to be able to speak eloquently about what they believe oh, and yeah. why they believe it. Yeah. Right. And so um, it was more for me as a pastor's kid, just feeling that pressure um, to be perfect, that I was kind of under the microscope all of the time. Yeah. And that um, got eyes. it's like that. What's that? Michael J. I always feel like yeah, somebody's somebody's voice. watching <laughs> yeah. me. Right. Yeah. Um, and and in large parts, that was the case. Like yeah. people would be like, well, why is Amanda doing this? And why are you allowing her to do that? And, you know, it 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 was just the pressure in a different manner I think and it was oftentimes from adults and other like parents that were trying to parent their kids um different than when people were questioning Jesus in the Bible as to why he was sitting with the sinners and eating with them like why is he with them right yeah yeah and it's it was just the fact that you know I my parents couldn't control everything I did right and and you know our kids are are not extensions of us they're their own people and they're going to make their own choices Right. right so um, I just always felt like we were held to such a higher standard yeah. than a lot of other kids. And that I think was the hardest part right, about yeah. being a pastor's kid. Yeah. Um, and you know, my dad was a pastor's kid, so he understood to a certain extent. Multi-generational. Right. Right. But it just, you know, every generation has their own societal stuff going on too. So I think that complicates it in a way. And of course, I mean, when we were just talking about when our age people were growing up to when, you you know, our kids age people are growing up, we didn't have those phones that we had the access to the entire world. If we had a phone, it was 
I can dial a number. <laughs> yes. That's it. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. I, you couldn't get in a ton of trouble with that. Oh, no. Well, my first phone, I was it was like a walkie-talkie because you didn't use minutes. So yeah. we'd have to walkie-talkie my dad to come and you oh, know yeah. pick us up from school, right? So it just, everything has changed so much. But um, I, I never wished I wasn't a pastor's kid. I was always very proud of that right. fact. Yeah. I, I always loved the fact that my dad um, and my mom were the same people in public that they were in private. Yeah. And, and somebody once asked me, you know, like, how do you think all of you turned out? Cause usually pastor's kids, at least one of them is, you know, a wild, child. a rebellious one. Yeah. Right. You know, and that wasn't the case with my siblings and I, and somebody asked me like, have you ever thought about that? And I said, and I took a little while and I got back to them and I was like, I really feel like, it was because they were exactly the same. Whether um, my dad, doors. right? Yeah, whether my dad was on the pulpit or yeah. at home same with just person. us kids, he didn't put on a show yeah. for people. He was genuinely living out that servant leadership. Yeah, no I mean, matter where he was, oh, and yeah. and I know that's not always the case. There are lots of pastors' kids that I've talked to. Yeah, who dad was a completely different person at right, home right. than he was in front of other well, people. And, and not necessarily even in a bad way, but there's, um, when I've been a lot around a lot of pastors or priests in the past, like there can be an, an intimidating feeling yeah. from oh, them. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Or just that I'll never measure up, right? Correct. Like yeah. that, that perfectionism that's not felt then from other people. It's yeah. almost felt from your parents, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. And not, not saying that you know, there are lots of pastors that are monsters behind closed doors. I'm not trying to say that at all. It's just, it's that feeling that I'm never going to be good enough. Right. Kind of thing. So why even try? And And then I feel like you're being maybe judged or something like that. But like your dad, for example, I mean, from like the second or third time we actually came here, like was having a conversation with them and cracking jokes. Like, He's got a sense of humor. I think that's yeah. another uh, reason why he can really connect to people is he's got a great sense of humor that people can relate to and feel comfortable around as opposed to being uh, more of a, a scared or of a fear or uh, one of those feelings. Yeah. He also has a great quality that he just like honestly is unoffendable. Okay. And oftentimes people will come back and be like, I'm so very sorry for I because I said this, this and he's like, yeah i don't even remember you I, said I don't that. Even know what you're talking <laughs> yeah. about and so it, he just is so much of like a duck that just like things roll right off and he really doesn't let it impact his heart oh, yeah. To, yeah. you know do you know what i mean so he's able to just let himself build relationship and yeah. do life with people but doesn't let a whole lot of the drama and mess that typically affects people right really affect him oh yeah absolutely now he did offend me because after the uh <laughs> After the Christmas party oh, on Sunday, on, I said, hey, you want to borrow this suit jacket for your sermon on Sunday? You're more than welcome. He turned it down. Oh, um, man. I thought you were going to say something about the Steelers stuff. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I'm used to that with his sarcasm. I mean, I'm sure Josh has to deal with it, too. So I know. Absolutely. He married a Steelers fan. Then he got a son-in-law that was a Steelers. But now we're mixed in with all kinds of Michigan people, too. So it's just unavoidable. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, I, I was really hoping that he would uh, he'd be up there doing his sermon this Sunday wearing that sweet red blazer. Which, Man, he would have looked sharp. I know. And by the way, Julie, Bell, I'm coming for you. I got runner-up. <laughs> I wanted first place. So watch out next year. I meant to lead off the podcast with that. Julie Bell, 
I've got my sights on you. I'm getting first place next year. <laughs> Which, Julie, that means I can't be judging because I'm the one who picked you for first place. So, you know, I, I think that maybe your hearing was bad at the moment, <laughs> but uh, too subjective. That's yeah. what you're telling me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, that that was that was honestly so much fun. The past couple years, like we've had uh, uh, kind of scheduling conflicts, and so this is the first year we've been able to make it. And I was telling Nate uh, yesterday, I was like. That was way, like, I don't even want to say way more fun, but it was more involved than I thought it was going to yeah. be. Like, I was genuinely thinking we were just going to come here and, like, eat and kind of watch some people about. sing some songs. Yeah, and like, yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. That was so much fun. Like, we got in, me and Rochelle got in the car and we were like, that was a blast. Like, I can't wait for next year. I so know. It was a great time. So, kudos to you guys for putting that on. That was awesome. That was so much fun. It is always a good time. Oh, this time of year has just been great, uh, period. I mean, I know, uh, the, the Christmas program was great, which everyone's going to hear after this. And then uh, you guys have the kids. Uh, kids only shop yeah, coming up this stuff. Sunday. Yeah. And then we're doing a Christmas PJ party for our kids and yeah. watching Charlie Brown Christmas and just having a blast down there on Sunday morning for Christmas Eve. So that'll be so much oh, fun. Yeah. It's a blast. Um, unfortunately, Brantley's going to have to miss this one. We will be out of town for the fun weekend. He is not going to be thrilled about that, but... <laughs> hopefully he'll forgive me <laughs> but uh there's always next year <clears throat> there's always next year that's it well and actually it will be it for him because I after know. that isn't it crazy like, then he's in middle school I know, it's so wild to think about like he's i was thinking about that during the uh the christmas program i'm like one more time one more that's it it's crazy i know i'm right there with you with jacob yeah it's unbelievable i know it's, and it's so insane because he was getting into all the motions and like when he was in preschool and kindergarten and first grade, we'd go to these Christmas programs and he just stood there stone faced and wouldn't no emotion. And then now he's like, he's into it, it man. Like, awesome, I know. Perfect. This is great. I'm like, this is so much fun now. <laughs> like who knew? <laughs> so, uh, on the topic of Christmas, I had said last week that I was having Amanda on because she has got a ton of Christmas spirit. So first of all, Kim wanted to know, how many ugly Christmas sweaters do you actually own? Fifteen. Fifteen. All right, Kim, I got the question <laughs> there for you. So it's not like a trivia, but I just I kind of have a, a few Christmas questions. That was the first one um, from Kim. What is your favorite Christmas memory? Oh, okay. My favorite Christmas memory started from when I was a kid, but has continued now with my kids. Okay. It was a tradition we did. So every Christmas morning, all of our kids' bedrooms were upstairs. Okay. And my parents were downstairs in theirs. And we would meet on the stairs first thing Christmas morning. And okay. we always read the Christmas story before going into open presents. Okay. And so that is my favorite Christmas memory. Okay. It happened every year. And now we get to start that. We have been doing that tradition with our kids, too. And it's just a great way for us to make the main thing the main thing yeah, exactly. right on that yeah. day and just keep our focus on where um, we want it to be to remember the most important gift we were ever given. Absolutely. And that's why we give gifts to each other is a great way to remember and honor and celebrate that. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Awesome. That's a really that's a really cool tradition to keep going. I like that. Um, what is your favorite Christmas gift you have ever received? Oh, okay. I have to say that um, in two th on Christmas Day of 2005, okay. um, Josh proposed <laughs> to me, okay. and so I got my engagement ring okay. on Christmas Day. So there that has go. to be my favorite Christmas present. Way to go, Josh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. Well, now you've got to do a couple little ranking things. Okay. I want your top five Christmas movies. Oh, man, this is really hard. Okay. Do they have to be in order? They don't have to be in order. Okay, good. Good. And okay. I'll, before you like say them all, also, I'll let you have a little like, you know, uh, asterisk at the end and be like, here's some that I like that you may not have heard of in case someone's listening and is like, I want to watch a Christmas movie, okay. but I've seen Home Alone 67 times. Yeah. Okay. So I love White Christmas. Okay. Have to watch it, usually with my mom. Um, it's a Wonderful Life. Yeah. Elf. Okay. Yes. Um, I also love While You Were Sleeping. I'm not familiar with that one. So good. Okay. Gotta watch it. And I also am a huge fan of, oh, this is so hard. (laughs) I'll let you give honorable mention as well. I love The Star. Okay. Yeah. But I also love All the Grinches. All of them. Obviously. Yeah. Like the original. the best, right? I don't know. Really? Have you watched the one with Benedict Cumberpatch? That's the, the newest one, right? Yes. Yeah. I like the soundtrack in that one. It's pretty good. Oh, I like w- the the guy that Keenan Thompson plays. Yes. So the, the guy, uh, my friend at work, his kids last year, they were watching all three Grinches nonstop. Yeah. Yes. So like our our photos on our phone, like when one of us calls is the that character, I think his name's Bricklebomb. <laughs> yes. Is, uh, and so every time we answer, we're like, Grinchy's my best friend. Yeah, I, I do like love that one. that one. It is a good one, but Jim Carrey's so good. He is. I actually like boycotted the newest animated one. I was like, I'm not going to watch. It. You cannot get you better. Can't get better, yeah. Than Jim Carrey, and then I watched it, and I was like, Oh my right, it was word, it's so good. Yeah, it was pretty good. It was so good. But I also love Noel. Have you seen Noel on Disney Plus? Is that the one with uh, what's her name? She's in like Pitch Perfect and Anna Kendrick. That's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have not, but I saw it the other day. So good. Okay. I'll Such a great one. one. I really like that one. All the Santa Clauses, though, I really like. The show's really good, too. I know. We, we've got oh. like three episodes left. Oh, so it's so very good. We're, we just finished uh, last night was when uh, oh, uh, Mad Santa mm-hmm. got his powers. So oh, yeah. that's where we're at right now in that. But yeah, that my show. kids have watched all of those. <coughs> so, yeah, those, I mean... You didn't say my favorite, which is Jingle All the Way, but it's all good. That's my favorite of all <laughs> time. Seriously? I, love it. I don't know why. I think it's just I loved it when I was little, and I yes. watch it every year. Jingle All the Way. Brantley's is Home Alone. Like he, yeah. he will watch that. And my kid was just watched that for the first time oh, last really? year. Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah, Home Alone Two is actually his favorite, and I'll catch him watching it in like July. <laughs> like that he is just so loves great. The movie. I, just he, he he loves that one. I mean, Elf. You can't beat Elf. Oh Elf. my it's, word! It's phenomenal. Now, 20 years. It's been out 20 years. Did you know that? I did not know this that. This year is 20 years. Wow. That, well, that would have been... 03. W- when did The Grinch come out? That's got... Well, that's probably like 2000, I guess. That's probably older than that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now, not uh, by much. No, not by much at all. Man, we've had some We've had some good ones. Hasn't been like a, a real relatively recent one that's been great. But uh, now, what's your... Uh, my dad really likes this movie. I think it's overrated and overplayed. The Christmas Story. I... I'm not a big fan of that one. I am not a big fan of that yeah, one. Yeah, I And it could be just that I didn't <clears throat> watch it growing up yeah. at all. Right. So then I got married and my husband's family would watch like the 24-hour yep. marathon thing. Yeah. And so I was like, "Oh man, we're going to have to do this." <laughs> yeah. And he's like, eh, "No, I really don't like it that much." I was like, Yes. That's like my dad does the same yeah. thing. And I think maybe I had the opposite. Like I watched it too much when I was younger to now where I'm like, I do not want to watch this movie ever again. Like I'm good. I've yeah. seen it. I get it. He shot his eye out, man. Right. <laughs> like the whole movie, the premise, you'll shoot your eye out. 
guess what he did? The end. <laughs> he got his he got his BB gun. And a, and a kid. And the dogs get the turkey, yeah, right? Like yeah. The- <laughs> and the kid licked a pole, and his tongue stuck to it. That might be the the funniest part, honestly. Like <laughs> my dad has went to the Christmas Story house and done all that. Like not just once. I think he's done it like five times. Yeah. I'm like, dude, nothing's changed in it. It's right. still the same house, and you can still watch it on TBS for 24 hours. So true. I I, I can't. Think I would of any take other I would missing. take an Elf marathon over that for oh, sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah, Elf, Grinch. Um, I feel like I'm missing but a I, big I mean, one. But like Rudolph, Frosty, like oh, yeah, all the claymation like, ones are good. Yeah, no, like, I prefer Frosty over Rudolph. Me too. Yeah. Uh, all the oldies all right. but goodies, yeah. right? Like yeah. Yeah, I, all I feel of like them. I'm missing one, but it'll come. The year as without as a as Santa Claus. Yeah, that's a good that, one. Yep. My kids love Miracle that on one. Street. Yes. I, I know there's a major one that I'm like, oh yeah, duh. But I cannot think of what it is for the life of me. But uh I can't either. <clears throat> it'll come to me like as I ask you the next question. Um I guess this would be the last of the the Christmas uh the rankings, but uh your top five Christmas songs. Oh man. So I love um Joy to the World. I love Silent Night. When I was in high school, we sang that every year at okay. at our Christmas concert, but we also learned it in German. Okay. And so that's one of my top favorites. Um Blue Christmas by Bill. <laughs> Only his version. <laughs> Blue Christmas by Bill. Oh yes. Um now do the like only Christmas carols, or can they be any like secular? Any song, yeah. yeah. Um, man, I also ha- can I just say like one whole CD? So yeah. my parents played a for him, um, Seasons of Love. Okay, they were like a long time ago Christian group. Okay, and we played it on repeat over and over and over and they're just all burned into we can say sing every word to every song and we actually sang them as families every christmas eve one of the songs from that album for like eight years running okay our family did so that has to be one um i also love baby it's cold outside okay maybe controversial (laughs) i was gonna say uh, but idina menzel and michael buble did a new one and it was elsa right Yes. Okay. Okay. Elsa. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I'm, <laughs> I'm still getting used to the whole uh, having a girl thing. I had a son for right? eight I years, know. and then had whole to get different into the world girl thing. Never watched Frozen until two years ago. Hold. How? I didn't have a daughter. Oh my goodness, Zach! I didn't watch it. I I was like, see, oh. I don't know what that's like because we had Grady followed by Lainey, so we had like back to back. We were doing all the boys stuff and the girls stuff at the same time. Yeah, no, we had Brantley, and it was. Right. Cleveland Indian stuff, Pittsburgh yeah. Steelers, Buckeyes, uh, trains. This is a, a, an odd thing you may not know about Brantley. He was obsessed with trains. And when I say obsessed, he would, A, he was the only person that ever got excited when railroad crossings would come down uh-huh. when you were driving. Mm-hmm. And B, he would rather watch YouTube videos of trains instead of cartoons when he was little. Seriously. I swear, you, we would go on YouTube and find a three-hour video of trains and then like, and it was time to turn the TV off. It would be back where it was the next day with two hours and 40 minutes left of it. But and I, I can't do it with his voice, but he was able to impersonate a train so much, like not just the, you know, choo-choo. Like yeah. He had it down to a T. It was insane. But uh, yeah, that, w- that was, on a side note, an odd, odd thing about Brantley. He was obsessed with trains. I, I don't even remember where we were. In, uh, yeah, oh, that's yeah, okay. Frozen. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. No, um, so I also have to say, like, I 
when my mom was first diagnosed with breast cancer, right? She, I, I attribute my love for Christmas to my mom because she loves Christmas. She loves hosting. She loves decorating. She loves all the food. She loves just getting everybody together, all the decorations. Clearly like the like music too, because she music. the lyrics. The all right, right. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, but when she was diagnosed the first time, we knew that she was going to be having surgery over Christmas. She yeah. was going to be down. So I went through and just got as many Christmas songs, but all of the classics. Yeah. So Frank Sinatra and Bing yeah. Crosby and the Carpenters, like all of the classics. Yeah. And I could sit and listen to those over anything new. Oh, yeah, absolutely. There's so a, it's hard for me to narrow down just a few. Okay. Um, there's a guy at work. Uh, we always, he's, he's huge into Christmas. So he dresses up as Santa on the last delivery day before Christmas and then walks the route and kids come up and take pictures with them. And we were just talking about Christmas songs the other day. And, uh, Oh, what's the guy's name? Uh, Burl Ives. Burl Ives. That's oh, absolutely. <clears throat> I could not remember the, the, the guy's name, but that's, yeah. I think he's probably got the best. My all time favorite Christmas song would be, uh, Bruce Springsteen's version of, uh, Santa Claus is coming to town. I love that one. I think it's yeah. so dang good. It's that's that, that one's my jam. I, I know my mom's is uh, oddly, uh, I want a hippopotamus. <gasps> she loves that I love one. it. Ren Collective just <clears throat> did. Do you know who Ren Collective is? I do not. Oh, oh Zach, look them up. Okay. They're like my all-time favorite okay. um, band. And they um, their newest one, I think, is Hallelujah anyway. Okay. Maybe you've heard oh, that on yeah, Caleb. Yeah, yeah, yes, okay, yeah, yeah. that's Ren Collective. Yeah. And they're from Ireland. Okay. And so they have a whole um, CD of Christmas songs. Okay. And they're... So good. Okay. So good. So look those up if you need something to listen to. That's it. Um, but they did I Want a Hippopotamus to Christmas. Okay. And they also did a video and it's a hippopotamus jumping all over the place. But awesome. it's you see his backside all the time. And so oh, my okay. kids watch it on repeat and, and just, just laugh oh, yeah. hysterically. Awesome. Hysterically. I'll, I'll have to show so that, that, uh, that is a good one. I'll have to send that one to mom. I also like the uh when you're talking about Caleb. Uh, Mercy Me has that little drummer boy, like kind of a rockier version yeah. of it. That one's really, really good. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I guess you got your songs. Um, the, the only other one I would say, it's not that I don't like it, but I don't like to listen to it at Christmas. It kind of goes back to when we were talking about, you know, clean Christian music. Because yeah. sometimes it can be just like, man, that's a bummer. Uh, the Christmas Shoes, that one. That one's rough to listen oh to. Oh, I can't. I know. That's I cannot saying. do it. <clears throat> I've, I've heard that one a thousand times, but I'm like, I, I, that is it comes I'm, on and I turn it oh, off. Because listen, I, I just don't want to cry. Oh, right? Yeah, like, yeah. not right now. Yeah. I need joy and I need levity. Yeah. It's and you a know, like, a beautiful song. Yes. It's just like, oh, man, that, that one will get you. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't. I can't. Oh, yeah, I absolutely. Can't do it. Understandable. I can't do it. Um, well, before I uh, ask you kind of about. Uh, the whole Christmas program build up and how it went and everything else. Um, I want to ask you the best advice that someone has ever given you. Ooh. So the best advice somebody has ever given me, there are quite a few to choose from. I'm going to choose one though, that um, my parents told me over and over again, they named me Amanda joy because okay. they wanted me to have, joy as a choice in okay. life okay. and for that to be a constant reminder and so they always told me as a way to remember that was the acronym for joy was jesus others and then yourself oh, okay. and that's just how you should be living and 
again, back to that servant leadership stuff. Right. So, um, but that, that was always a good way to prioritize life and one that I've tried to remember. That's awesome. And I think you do a great job in that. I would say that is a great way to describe you. Um, so the Christmas program just happened a couple weeks ago. Yeah. That's what's going to be playing for uh, the audio from that is going to be playing on this podcast as soon as we're done recording. Um, so um, I guess the question I would have is, you know, kind of where the, for lack of better terms, the script for, uh, obviously I know where the story came from, the ultimate story, but where kind of the script for this came from, how it came about and uh just kind of the whole the whole setup for the whole thing. Yeah, so um, I actually start hunting way back in July for our Christmas programs, and for the last several years, we try we've tried to kind of prune back and do a smaller scale than what we had done in previous years, just because this time of year is so busy, yeah. and having a cast of too many is really hard to um, just get everybody here and on the same page yeah. on the same day, and so. Um, we've been doing that for the last couple of years and it's worked out really well. So I got this one back in July um, and it was a smaller cast list. So knew it would be doable and the songs were really fun. Um, that's probably what I look for. Second is just something that the kids will be able to get oh, into. Yeah. And Catchy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Something that just sink into their hearts and their brains and be able to... Um, be something they can catch on to. So we started practicing the first weekend in October and hit the ground running and really didn't stop. So uh, it was fun because we used to do it on Sunday mornings and all of the kids would be there. And it was good, but um, we'd always have some kiddos who really didn't want to be there. And it kind of took away from the overall yeah yeah yeah. and just the feel of it so we've we just adjusted that a little bit and the kids who come on Sunday nights really want to be there and it's just so much fun for me because um encouraging them to tell the story of Christmas they can do it in a way that my dad even standing up on the pulpit it doesn't resonate with some people like the kids Christmas program does oh yeah yeah absolutely seeing the Seeing the little kids like yeah, that. Yeah, their and excitement and their joy and their wonder. Yeah. As we grow, sometimes we lose some of that. And um, watching them experience it is so much fun. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, and I thought it went really, really well. I thought all the it kids did. did a great job. I thought all the lines the kids had, it was it, it was it was spectacular. You did a really good job on it. And I think it was really cool, too, like th- that it streamed because, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of people have grandparents that live yeah. in different areas. Like I sent it to uh, my uh, my father in law. He lives down in Dayton, and they were able to watch it. And so it's kind of nice that you know then they can talk to the grandkids later and be like, "Oh, I watched it. You did yeah. such a good job." So. And that was one really good thing that came out of COVID. Right, we're yeah. able to yeah. be together apart yeah. in ways that we weren't yeah. before. Oh, absolutely. And so, I mean it's always good to find a silver lining. And I think that's definitely one of them. For sure. Right. So many levels. I mean, church, kids, Christmas program. I mean, sports, like, um, I've got a sister that she lived in new Orleans now lives in Texas. Like my brother's a senior and she's able to watch his games. I mean, before COVID she wouldn't have been able to ever watch any of his games. And also there's nights I'm really lazy and don't want to get out of my pajamas. So being able to throw his game on TV and eat my own snacks and not pay $20 is pretty awesome too. Sorry, coach Sheldon. I know you're coming on at some point, but that's just the truth of it. 
but it, it is really cool to be able to it, that is a silver lining in the whole thing is yeah. that uh we're able to get it out there and i i don't know the numbers of people that actually watch the service online but i see just uh alone in the facebook comments you know people from all over that are joining in and watching and it, it's really neat and same thing with the podcast like there's there's people from different states that are listening to it now and I've had people come up and say like you know I really liked so and so's story and I think I've I've she probably doesn't even like me mentioning it so much anymore but Jen's you know advice a couple weeks ago about being still and the horse was like the most incredible thing that I've like heard in a long time like it was pretty shaking it was really really cool and so those little moments they stick out like not just for me like when I'm talking to someone and getting to know them because you know there's there's things I don't know about you there's things I didn't know about your dad I mean obviously there's been one person on here I pretty much know everything about and that's my wife but it's it's nice to hear other people's story and for everybody here to hear everybody's story because I think it's a good spot too to where someone has a story that you know they don't necessarily want to stand up right there by your dad and tell it all too so it's been kind of cool to to get to know people a little bit better you know I I think I'd spoken a couple words to Matt and Jen before they had came on and now like we've got a pretty good friendship going right. on so it's it's pretty neat to see how this has evolved and this church family grow and the technology be able to to make it grow even more it's it's been really really neat so far yeah. but uh no I I, I guess uh before I kind of wrap everything up is there anything else you want to add or uh you want to talk about before I uh I let you get home and get some sleep yeah <laughs> um I just want to say thanks to Jeannie Reinhardt again because she did all of the cast stuff and all the scripts and the lines and got that all yeah. the blocking and everything on stage and did such a good job that you know I wouldn't be able to do all of that without her so I greatly appreciate that and just to the kids and their families yeah for letting me kind of be a part of their lives and do life with them and pour into their kids when they're getting poured into up here it's such a privilege and an honor to be able to do that and I count myself as a lucky one because lots of people don't get to do something that they love so much and I do so I think that's incredible well you're really good at it and um as one parent speaking for many you do a great job and we really appreciate it um definitely seen a major uh a major positivity in my kids' life since uh you've been involved in it so thank you for that i appreciate that and one other thing so there was a gentleman named jim bright and his wife still attends here Um, And so does lots of her family. But he, from the time I was in high school, when like the internet really started getting around, right? He always said, Amanda, we just need to get your dad on the internet. If we can get your dad on the internet, people are going to hear him and love him. He has so much knowledge. He has so much to share. And I just, I just know it's, it's going to be big. And that was a dream of his. And so with, you know, COVID and live streaming and all of that, but also doing this podcast, you're fulfilling something I don't even know that you even realized yeah, through no, it I right know, I, through a, cool. a, a dream and a mission that was set long before you walked through the doors yeah. and so I just want to say thank you to oh, you, well, thank you because it's it. it you are giving an outlet and letting people who might not hear hear, and it's so so very cool so well, thank you I appreciate it I really do it's been an honor I'm so glad that your dad uh was welcoming to it i've said it quite a few times i mean he's pretty open to anything as long as you're willing to put in the effort don't come in and say the church needs to do this 
how can I do this for the church? Uh, great example was last week when uh, kind of talked about when Chris started the Grateful Givers thing. Yep. And that was, uh, it's it's really cool. So if something's on your heart, talk to him about it. Um, yep. I know Matt and Jen kind of have uh, the idea about uh, outreach to people that have been in prison and stuff like that. And I know your dad, he goes to the jail to talk to people. I remember one night at Bible study when he was saying, guy said, well, it can't get much worse than this. That's not true. (laughs) (laughs) Entirely not true. Excuse me. But, uh, well, again, thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. I know it's a late night. It's been a busy week for everybody. Um, this is going to be the last episode before Christmas. Um, so be patient with us. Um, I'm going to spend the next couple of weeks. I, I was going to do one next week, but kind of talking with people and working out schedules with everything going on this time of year, it it's not really uh, operating right there. So we're going to take the next uh, couple of weeks off. So the first uh, one will come out on January 3rd. So about uh, 20, well, it'll be three weeks. So three weeks from today is when the next episode will come out again. Um, Apologize for the break, but uh, it's also going to be a good thing because it's going to give me some time to, uh, I plan on getting it all scheduled out and having it all done. And it's going to be a really good, uh, we're going to continue with this uh, this kind of interview format for the rest of the year because once it starts, we're going straight through, baby. We're going all the way to Memorial Day. Then you won't have to hear my voice for a little bit. So thank you all for listening. Um, oh, uh, the thing's coming up. Amanda had mentioned earlier the kids only shop um, on Sunday watching Charlie Brown Christmas with the PJs. Um, They left it up for debate um, and we all agreed we are going to meet for Bible study. Both a.m. and p.m. Bible studies are meeting on Wednesday. So that's still on Um, just in case you weren't there tonight and you're listening. Still on for next week. The week after that, no Bible study. Um, Other than that, uh, what am I missing uh, candlelight, oh, candlelight services. Candlelight services um, on what Christmas twenty third, twenty third and twenty fourth. Regular worship hours on Christmas Eve. Yep. Um, regular worship hours for New Year's Eve. But uh, I think that covers it all, which is weird because it feels like for two straight months it's been boom, 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 boom. But also, usually I have my sermon notes with me, so I'm like they're right in front of me. But hectic uh, schedule um, as a mailman. So also, there's your PSA. You guys have eight days of deliveries left, so get your ordering done because don't be mad at the mailman if it shows up late. You're listening to this on December 14th. If you're still ordering packages, I hate to tell you, it's your fault, not the mailman's. So (laughs) um, thank you all again for listening. Uh, Get your packages ordered. Um, Remember the real reason for the season and... um, looking forward to talking to you after the first of the year i hope everybody has a merry christmas hope you get to enjoy your time with your family um i wish you all nothing but the bliss uh, nothing but the bl- nothing but the best and uh happy happiness health everything can't wait to talk to you again god bless looks like we're herding cats up here which is part of the whole deal you know i'm watching these kids come up and i'm looking at you thinking You were here just a couple years ago, and now all of a sudden, life changes for all of us. So would you please bow your heads and hearts with me? Let's ask the Lord to bless our time together this evening. Father, thank you for the privilege of watching the joy of Christmas 
in the eyes of our children. And we pray that you will bless this evening. And I'm thankful for the fact that we get to celebrate the reason for the season. And we're asking for your grace, for your blessing during these moments as we give ourselves to you. In Jesus' name, amen. So first, this is our two and three-year-old class. And they're going to sing a few songs.
Our thanks to Chris and Dolores and uh, to, to Linda and Colette. You know, one of the reasons I'm a preacher is because I never have to work in the nursery. It's just a, a great blessing. These kids are amazing and the patience of these leaders and teachers are incredible. And it's such a great thing for these kids to start their uh, understanding of what it means to really celebrate Jesus early in life. So thank you to all the teachers. Now we're going to have our pre-K class come and they're going to sing a song as well.
Awesome job. Thanks, guys. You know, lots of work goes into tonight, uh, but it's worth it because our kids get a chance to, uh, to build memories. You know, my kids are now in their 30s and 40s, and still when we get together over Christmas holidays, they talk about some of the experiences they had as a part of, these, uh, part of this program. And so we're looking forward to the musical. These are my people down here. They all look like they came from the 70s. And so you're going to find that this is a really, really great time. Our middle schoolers are the actors, and our school-age kids are here in the kids' choir. And uh, they're going to get started in just one moment. Radio. I'm Jamie Fever. News and weather will be right back after you. Another Christmas song.
yet another Christmas song? But humbug, all this nonsense over Christmas, I can hardly stand it. Come on, tis the season to be jolly. Yeah, right. Everyone I know gets grumpy around the Christmas season, more grumpy than usual. All this warm and fuzzy music, I don't think I can play another one of these songs. How did you ever become a distrocky if you don't want to play any music? Obviously, my good looks. Your good looks? Well, you do have a face for radio. Hey, Westman, is that weather report ready to go? Give me a minute. Have you seen all these weather bulletins? Any more paper comes off that printer, it's going to look like a blizzard in here. Blizzard, sounds right. Look out the window. Well, East, all I know is I've only got one more commercial left to play, so you better get it moving. K-I-N-G, Christmas. This is Venus and Mars here, back with weather in just a moment, and there's a lot of winter weather out there. So remember to, so remember to have batteries in those radios, and don't miss a minute of the classic Christmas program. Carols and Lessons, straight from Cambridge, England. And now, our long-awaited weather report from KING Weatherman, East Westman. Thank you, Janie. KING listeners, it's time to prepare for the approaching storm. The National Weather Service has issued a blizzard warning for the entire area, creating very dangerous conditions. Heavy snow, high winds, and falling temperatures. So please stay inside and stay tuned to KING Radio for further updates. Just in, the state patrol is closing down portions of the interstate. So remember to stay put, stay warm, and stay tuned, listeners. While you're heating up the hot chocolate and finding the extra blankets, here's some yes, more wonderful Christmas music for your listening enjoyment. Here, a children's choir on their Christmas tour. We sure can find a place for shelter right about now. They're closing down the interstate. Yes, ma'am, but you know how it is this time of year. No room at the inn. It's coming in out of the cold, everybody. Thank you. 
Good news and bad news. As you know, we have a big blizzard headed this way. An entire children's choir, along with their bus driver and director, has just taken refuge here at the station. That's bad. No, that's good. They got off the interstate just in time. They're safe now. We don't have much time before the heavy snow starts. That's bad. No, that's good. We push plan like English Christmas Eve program. Pack up and get out of here. No, no, Jenny. I'm afraid not. We're the emergency broadcast station for this area. It is our duty to stay here and inform the public. That's good. We have a job to do. No, that's bad. This new alert says the electric lines are icing up. They expect power to go up within the hour. Wow, that is bad. But we have a generator. That's good. No, that's bad. The generator limits what we can broadcast. All we can use are the microphones. No turntables, no special programs. Now that's good. No more Christmas music. Now what we are going to do is come up with a Christmas Eve broadcast on our own. What? Us? Wow, that's bad. No, that's good. I just spoke to the director of the children's choir, and she has graciously offered to provide their services for our program. Hallie, can you write something up for us? Me? I write commercials and public service announcements, not Christmas programs. Oh, come on, Hallie. We have these two old ladies at our church, and they write one every year. How hard can it be? Well, okay, but I'll need some time, and some ideas, and maybe a Christmas miracle. Well, Hallie, I think the Christmas miracle ship has sailed. We're on our own, and soon to be powerless. Janie, we are never on our own, and we are never powerless. God is always with us. Now you all pray, and I'll get my Bible and start writing that Christmas program. Okay, let's get busy, people. We have a program to put together and listeners to keep informed. I'm finished. Venus, you're the narrator. Here you go, Janie. What's this? That's your part for your Christmas program. But, once I need a script too, um, what's this again? 
What am I going to do with a book? Janie, that's the Bible. But I've never read. Janie, the Bible, you know where the true story of Christmas is found? No, I've marked all of your parts with sticky notes. You just go along and it will be, well, I hope it will be. It'll be great, Hallie, nice job. Okay, if I can have your attention, everyone. Our choir's in place, microphones are set up. You guys just give me a cue when you're ready to go. A cue? It's right there in the sticky notes. Huh, I don't know how our ancestors ever got through a blizzard without sticky notes. Looks like we're up and running, well, as much as possible, the generator, right? Fabulous. Okay, Jenny and Venus, let's give Christmas to our listeners. Okay, folks, everybody ready? K-I-N-G is back on the air. We might be running on a backup generator, but we have tons of Christmas cheer and are ready to bring you a Christmas Eve program to remember. Joining us in the studio this evening, we have a busload of young people who have taken refuge at KING Radio. Gertie, what can you tell us about our guests? Well, Venus, we just happen to have an entire choir all the way from Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. You're kidding me. How about that, KING listeners? A choir straight from Bethlehem. They look just like little angels. And now, on this dark and stormy Christmas Eve night, we present to you KING's original production, The Light of Christmas, created by our very own Hallie Nichols. Our world is not so very different from a time about 2,000 years ago. People were just like us, looking for guidance and direction, hope and safety for light in a dark world. hears our cries and he had a plan God sent his son into the world and the light began to shine it all began in a little town called Bethlehem this is how Jesus the Messiah was born at that time the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed a census should be taken because Joseph was a descendant of King David he had to go to Bethlehem in, in Judea David's ancient home to register for the census he traveled there from a village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, his fiance, who is now great with child. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her first child, a son. She wrapped him in swaddling clothes and lied him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn.
night there were shepherds sitting in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them. The radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them. Do not be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, heaven and peace on earth to those whom God has pleased. When the angels returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was a baby lying in a manger. After seeing him, the shepherds had told everyone what had happened and what the angels had said to them about this child. In Isaiah chapter 9, the Bible tells us, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Isaiah chapter 9 also tells us this, 
The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. And in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 6, it says, For God who said, Let there be light in the darkness, has made this light shine in our hearts so we can know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. All glory to him who alone is God, our Savior through Jesus Christ, our Lord. All glory, majesty, power, and authority are his before all time, and in the present and beyond all time. Amen.
Wow, that was... Enlightening. Powerful? Yeah, all that. I was completely in the dark about Jesus. No wonder I had such a hard time getting to Christmas. Without Christ, there isn't much point to Christmas, Janie. Without Jesus, there isn't much point to life in general, Janie. But with Jesus, there is life and light. There's hope and powerful living. But most importantly, forgiveness for any and everything we've ever done, thoughts, or said, even on the radio. Yes, that's it. That's the one thing I've been missing. This one little single This one little single baby, he really, he changed the world. He really is the light of the world. And he came to save me. This is fantastic, man. We should have some Christmas music. What? You. You want to play another Christmas song? Play one? No way. Let's sing one.
how fun. You guys are awesome. Thank you. And you guys are awesome. <laughs> and, and humble. So our thanks to Amanda Riggle, who directed the, the choir, and to Jeannie Reinhardt, who worked with the middle schoolers, and always such a fun, fun night to kick off the Christmas season, isn't it? Will you pray with me, please? Thank you, Father, for allowing us to see the message of Christmas in the eyes of our kids. Pray your blessing on each one of them as they move into these coming weeks, as the excitement builds in their hearts. I pray that you will enable them to celebrate not just the secular joys of Christmas, but the reason for the season. And for that, we give you thanks. In Jesus' name, amen. Refreshments are out in the cafe, in the lobby. Spend a few moments enjoying each other's company and celebrating with your kids. God bless you as you go.